This is Internet Marketing. Hello everybody and welcome to Internet Marketing episode 152 brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com and it's a panel discussion today and the focus of attention is the internationalization of search particularly in the travel sector all coming up in Internet Marketing. So I'm joined in the studio today um, by two guests who are going to be speaking about um, how to kind of internationalise and export your service if you're doing quite well in one country currently and you're looking to expand further into the world, but with a particular focus on the travel sector, because I know quite a few of you kind of operate in that sector. So I'm joined today um, by Graham Bedford-Hume, Hume, sorry, I always pronounce your surname wrong, he's a regular friend of the show, he's the Digital Insights Manager at Site Visibility. We're also joined today by um, Lee Hayhurst, um, the editor of Travolution, which is kind of the go-to site magazine for the travel sector. And they've recently um, had an edition with a big feature on exactly this topic. So there's, I'm hoping there's a few areas we can go into there. So what I, with no further ado, I'll hand over to Graham to talk about some of the areas that, that he sees if internationalisation and particularly internationalisation of search is on your agenda in 2012. Hey, thanks, Colvin. Um, hey, yeah, so um, today I was kind of hoping to look at some... So some, some of the planning that you might partake if, if you're looking to sort of internationalise your, your SEO, if, if you're looking to export your model to, to another country, whether that be a, a country which, which speaks another language, perhaps, or, or perhaps the, the language isn't going to be changing so much. And, and some, some of the sort of opportunities there and some of the threats. So I was hoping to have a, a chat about sort of search engine localization or maybe targeting particular search engines or actually targeting the countries which are going to be most valuable uh, to you. Uh, maybe having a look, little look into sort of the technical hosting side of things. I know that's um, a side of sort of international SEO, which uh, some people, um, you know, uh, sometimes get a little bit uh, mixed up with. I think that's fair to say. Um, maybe then looking into keyword strategy um, along with content and, and link building. Uh, to make the most of the sort of resources that you're going to be uh, spending in, in, those, um, in those other countries. Um, so is, is that, uh, we're, we're pretty, yeah. pretty happy, yeah. happy with that, that side of things. So, I mean, with um, the search engine localization, I, I'm particularly interested in uh, the existing audiences that, that a, um, a website has. So perhaps, you know, if, if you're selling uh, widgets in mm. England mm. and uh, you've got uh, lots of people in Germany, Searching, uh, finding your site for the term widgets. Um, is, is that is that going to be a, a good audience to be? Uh, you know, is is it worth saying? Okay, oh great, you know, Germany. Obviously, we already have that audience there, so we should we should be you know we should be rolling out to that country. I think, I think what we've heard from various players in this area is um, in travel. You will have uh, your UK site operational, mightbe.com, mightbe.co.uk, and it'll be in English, of course. And, 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 but there's nothing stopping anyone from Scandinavia, for instance, mm. where English is spoken widely, yeah. to, to find you on Google, and they will find you, and they'll yeah. come to you, and they'll understand the site, and they'll try and transact with you. So, so you've got to be kind of keen on that analytic side of things. Where is your traffic coming from? If you suddenly find you get 
plenty of traffic from Sweden and Norway, etc. Yeah. Then th- there may be an argument then to say, you know, do we need something a bit more localized there? Do we need a, a local presence? Do we need a site tailored to that audience? Yeah. And I guess if they're coming to you anyway and they're, and they're transacting, maybe the answer to that is, is, that, is actually no, that, that your site already is already, already, already doing the job. Absolutely. But of course, you'll never know until you, until you actually, uh, until mm-hmm. you actually mm-hmm. target an area whether you can do more, I suppose. But, but that, that, you, get, uh, you get a feeling that a number of companies uh, are basing their uh, expansion strategy on, on that, mm-hmm. saying, well, where's it coming from now? And, and, and is this a potential mm-hmm. um, market for us? Yeah. The difficulty there, I guess, is that that puts you into a market that possibly is quite saturated. I mean, if, if they're already looking for you, if they're already on on a, quite a high curve in terms, especially in Scandinavia, yeah. where penetration is, is is very high, possibly higher than even the UK. Mm. What are the opportunities there? Are, are they already fairly slim? Mm. So there needs, there needs to be a strategic well, element to yeah, as well. So as what, yeah. what do you do? Do you think well, we've got better growth possibilities in in Poland, but we've got mm. no traffic in Poland, so yeah. we get work yeah. from scratch there, mm. and, and that's the difficulty because then you will. You would say to, you would say you definitely need a local presence, mm. uh, and then that throws up all sorts of problems. Mm. And, th- and that does happen kind of quite frequently as well, where you get that situation where you inadvertently find yourself. I know there's a great example of a kind of job board that we work with that we're finding a lot of Australian traffic, particularly was you know performing quite well for them, um, and then you know that connected to other issues led to them kind of setting up out there. And it is kind of I think people would be. You know, if you've never done this before, go into your Google Analytics or whatever analytics package you're using and make sure that you do go and have a look at that um, breakdown of country because you would be surprised. And sometimes it can be like, wow, this is a huge opportunity. And other times it can be kind of scary because you're getting all this traffic from a country and you've got no idea why. And, you know, it raises all kinds of questions at that side of things. But it is, yeah, I think that's a good place to start if you're thinking about where should we be looking um, overseas? Yeah. Absolutely, and if, if, if we can just mm. stick with this mm. point just, just for a little bit longer, I, I, I'm kind of interested in the idea of finding the best balance of, of these resources. So, okay, we, we have a country, we have lots of traffic coming from, from that country already. I mean, I, I suppose it's about doing a little bit of research. Are, are there more localised sites which are doing better business than you? And, and is that because, you know, they perhaps have a more a localised website. That doesn't necessarily mean it has to be translated, mm. um, I, I think, I, and, and I'm interested in that idea. I'd, I'd say you're probably going to get a better return, even though, of course, there'll be more outlay. If, if you find a country which, you know, they're, they're buying widgets by the, by the shadowed, but actually they don't have that sort of natural sort of predilection, I suppose, mm. to be searching in English. There, there are some countries which are more likely to be happy to search for an English term because they know they're going to be able to find what they're looking for, whereas there are some countries which are going to be much more likely to be searching in their own language. And I think perhaps that, that might be a real area of opportunity, um, perhaps even going through doing a little bit of keyword research and looking at um, the, not direct translations, mm-hmm. but... Um, contextual translations mm-hmm. of your particular offering and seeing, you know, which, which countries are actually, you know, where, where, where are these audiences? Where, are there countries which are desperately trying to sort of buy, buy your product mm-hmm. but, you know, aren't, aren't searching in English because that, that's not how, how they naturally behave with mm-hmm. search engines? There's definitely companies out there who will do that job for you. I mean, they, they, they will look at seeing what, what terms and, and, and their conversion rates in various, in various markets. And the, and the same English word might convert differently in England than it would do elsewhere, obviously. Um, I, I don't think going off to do a French site with a lot of English in it will go down very well because we know French. You know, you've got to look at these, 
cultural things and you've got to understand the market and yeah. that's always going to be the key thing is understand mm-hmm. the market we're always going to come back to that mm-hmm. if you don't if, and if you're sitting in England and not really um, you know, doing all the work it needs to do to understand the market you're never going to really get anywhere yeah. but, but we know of companies who have got um, foreign language speakers in call centres mm-hmm. in the UK and, and, and what you've always got to um, take, bear in mind here is that not everyone particularly on the continent is ready to book online yet so they might want to talk to somebody and if you haven't got a German speaker in, in, in an office mm. but you've got a German site you, 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 it's pointless mm. but it's happening people mm. are doing this and, and of course in the Britain, yeah. Britain we have speakers of all sorts of languages and especially in places like London which is very mm. cosmopolitan it's actually a really good opportunity for, for, for British firms I would have mm. thought to develop that capability mm. and on top of that we've got some really good uh, tech around call centre technology mm. so that you shouldn't forget that putting a website in that's the first step well so it, yeah. it, it could be it, yeah, yeah it, it really isn't the, the, the job done don't sit no. back and think that's it thank you very much because there's all that support around it and I think we're moving into an era anyway of people looking for a better better a level of customer support from, 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 from their websites that they, yeah. they interact with um, so if you don't give that you are going to lose against the local clearly going to lose against the local uh, incumbent and that, that is so you, you probably need to look at each market and a bit of, get a bit of intelligence see how strong the local incumbents are mm. because you might find they have a strong brand but they're not doing the job very well yeah. so, so the brand the, the brand is important and of course your brand is important and as, as a, you know there's not all not all brands will translate um, we've just had uh, Travel Republic being bought in this country mm. by a Dubai entity okay. and, and one of the reasons we think that Travel Republic in particular, apart from they were selling, but um, they, they were attractive was because the name Travel Republic translates. Yeah. It yeah. could probably go anywhere, yeah. and, 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 and that's fine. Others look at their, look at their, uh, their name to their company and you think, well, it won't fit. It won't yeah. fit abroad. It won't fit mm. with a particular parent. So there's lots of different factors involved in, mm. in deciding where you, where you decide to, mm. to, to, to move into. And, and various people have various sort of potted theories. So... Uh, we, we did an article. Um, there was a, a, the, the chief executive travel zoo. Uh, mm. The Apple Travel Convention said you should move to countries where they drink beer as opposed to wine, mm. and that was his kind of potted theory oh, okay. based on the fact that um, he believes that in countries where people drink beer uh, during a recession and a downturn, they tend to be more um, proactive. They don't stick their heads in the sand and they and they carry on marketing oh, through, okay. through it. Whereas oh, okay. wine drinking countries, they panic, yeah. heads in the sand and and, and, and rain everything in. So it's no good trying to get into those countries at the moment. I like that theory. Well, <laughs> why, why not? It may yeah. work, you yeah. know. And I think sometimes well, it's about, that, that's about business intelligence. Well, yeah. it's, it's about business intelligence, isn't it? Yeah. It's thinking, you know, is, is it better to go to an English speaking mm. uh, country? I mean, the advantage of being English speaking is that they are dotted around the world, mm. so you can actually have centres. Cross, you can you can trade twenty four hours a day mm. because you can be in Australia, South Africa, yeah. um, North America, yeah. and have that global. Yeah. But a lot of companies that we talk to and, and write about, their first step is to Europe, just because it's close. I guess. Mm. I mean, it's just it's it seems it seems silly when you're online that there's mm. there's, there's barriers in terms of geograph 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 geography because there isn't. Um, but they do tend to go to mm. Germany, France, Spain first. Yeah, and I know it kind of. It's, it would, might almost seem a bit kind of counterintuitive, but actually, when we've been working on international SEO projects, sometimes those that are all in English are actually more difficult to deal with in mm-hmm. some ways because, you know, yes, there's the complexity of localizing and translating of the, of the keywords and the content that is difficult, and I don't underestimate that. But actually, 
how do you fund them if you've got two sites one targeting the US one targeting the UK one targeting Australia one targeting New Zealand one targeting how do you make those sites different enough from the search engine's perspective mm-hmm. to justify that or even you know even if you don't worry about the search engines and you've just got a .com and then people go off in their own respective directions, how do you make that then work that when the person gets on that hotels page, they know that it's in the right currency and all that, you know, there's all kinds of technical solutions to them, but they're complex and quite often a solution that solves one problem ends up creating another problem down the line as well. Because in English, there's that nuance of, it's the same language. Yeah. But it's not, is it? No. Uh, you know, even within the UK, you can imagine you you, you could localize a site mm. t- to a degree that yeah. no one's even trying at the minute. Yeah. To speak Geordie, I mean, yeah. why not? If, yeah. if, if that's what you're about, yeah. Speak speak Welsh or Geordie or whatever. Mm. Now, can you imagine a foreign competitor trying to come in and yeah. trying to do that? Mm. It's just now and impossible. <laughs> But there's a similar there's similar yeah. similar things in the US. You yeah. know, they move between yes, between coasts yeah. and they speak yeah. a different language, different words for different things. So I can see that would be actually quite problematic because that would absolutely mean you have to have mm. that local knowledge. You know, and looking for different things, isn't it? I suppose someone who's going on a, you know an international holiday um, from the west coast of America is perhaps looking for someone who's you know in central you know you know the mid regions of the, the the US versus the the East Coast that, as well. Yeah. The content, yeah. I think, we'll yeah. talk about. Yeah, yeah I, I think. I mean, the the point that you make about um, different sort of languages or dialects. I think uh, you know, and and for a native speaker, if, if that's if that's a fair way to to put it, um, has an opportunity actually to create the content which perhaps specific segments of an audience might be more interested in so you mentioned say you know looking at uh, Geordie uh, people and so as well as sort of the wording I'm sure and and I think you just touched on that you know these uh, there there are different segments of people who want different things in their content and so if if, whereas you probably wouldn't be creating something quite that segmented there, there are almost definitely opportunities there, aren't there, to, to be given particular segments of your audience exactly the content that they're interested in, mm-hmm. both to increase the sort of links coming through to your site, you know, assuming that good content leads to good links, which are, I think we, we all like to hope. So. We all <laughs> like to hope. And um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, that's a, a really interesting it's, point. It's important in travel, particularly, because mm-hmm. a, a holidaymaker from Newcastle would probably want to fly from Newcastle Airport. Mm-hmm. Or at least not not have to come down to to, to Heathrow or Gatwick. Yeah. Or, so that absolutely content there, but you have to get that right because they look at it and go, "I'm not interested in this. I don't want to have to drive or I don't know, taxi to the airport and I'm away." So, mm-hmm. so so if you go down that route of localizing the content, you know, why not give it a, a real local flavour as well? I mean, localization is one step on the road to, per, to personalization. Yeah. So obviously then. Yeah. The next step, isn't it? Mm. <clears throat> okay, cool. I, I, I was interested um, because we, we were going to sort of look at hosting and domains. Uh, you mentioned um, was it a Travel Republic and how the, there was a, a sort of an almost inherent uh, movability to it. Like a, it was easy to sort of export um, because of the ease of translation, I suppose. I, I'm, I was interested. I, I was looking at some sort of ideas for URLs with, you know, of course, uh, the keyword-rich URLs are some, some of the most valuable signals um, to, to a search engine. In terms of creating translations of your URLs for specific localizations, is that something you've ever come across? Um. 
So you're I'm kind of to... like, say, if you imagine, I suppose you're suggesting like the hotels.com being the international one and then it'd be like the equivalent word is dot com yeah, yeah, rather absolutely. than or, yeah. hotels.fr. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't suggest perhaps it would be used as the core URL, but as, mm. as perhaps something which would be sort of redirected in, in mm. some way or another. Uh, I, I'm just interested if, if that's something that is, is generally sort of practiced or, or whether that would be too damaging to a brand. I, or if a brand needs to remain entirely intact as it's um, exported. I suspect we're moving to a point where you've got to be very careful about your brand. You've got to, you've got to protect that brand. So, so um, try to change the core brand is, is a particularly, is potentially quite dangerous. You get the .com or .fr or .ge or whatever right, certainly. I remember talking to Hugo Burge at Cheap Flights and when they decided to go to the States from, from the UK and they decided that .com would become... They would they would have a .co.uk for UK and a mm, .com yeah. that would be the mm. sort of the overarching one. He said that was the scariest thing they ever did, but it was the best thing they ever did. Mm. So there's, there's, you just that's a no brainer. I think you've got mm. to do that. I think starting to to mess around with a core brand is just you, you've you've got to really you, this brand is so important. And mm. when you're in a very busy a busy market, you've, it's got to stand out. So I think that diluting it is mm. is particularly problematic potentially. Um, you know, but but I can see there's probably advantages yeah. on, on a sort of big, um, technical search yes. element, <laughs> but, but most people don't get that. So yeah. it, it, it's not a consumer worry mm. that yeah. the consumers want to be just assured they're dealing with a brand they recognise mm. and understand. You know. Okay, sure. Yeah, no, I, I apologise. It, it was kind of uh, something uh, going around in my in my mind. Sort of, if if you had a very keyword rich domain name as as part part of your brand, uh, whether that would be. An interesting point, but I mean, you, you touched I, on. I think, I think I've seen that, I've seen various examples of people creating websites for, for, that are within their group but are specific for a destination. Yeah. You know, okay. so so they're a subset of the parent, and actually, if you, if you go on there, you you don't necessarily know, know where the, the parentage is, if you like. Mm-hmm. So I've seen it. In, I've seen it in crews where they've they've targeted certain sectors like luxury or something. So I think there's advantages definitely definitely in that. I think. As, an, as a business, then you've just got to make sure you can manage all those different. You, yeah. if you create well, loads of become their own little brand, don't they? Yeah, and that, that yeah. must dilute your ability to market that and to have mm. focus on. You can't possibly focus on so many things. I think well. it's a good idea if you've got the resources and means to use all of them, isn't it? And it's the yeah. kind of as long as you're not spreading yourself too thin, the wider you go is better. But once it gets so wide, it becomes too thin. Yeah. That's when. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, and I get the feeling of moving away. From we're moving back into just let's let's get this really let's get a strong brand and let's pump yeah. it out as hard as we can. I mean, I, I, we, we spoke to the last minute recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're on our um, board, our editorial board, and from what they're saying, you, 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 you know, they are they are going back to that call. We're the last minute dot com. We're going to give you last minute hotel sales. Yeah. That's what we do. That's what yeah, that's yeah, what the yeah, brand yeah. says. Yeah, and they've moved away from that over the years because. Yeah. Maybe yes, that, yeah. that wasn't the be all and end all for them. They wanted to do other things, and people wanted to, people wanted to book you know a long way out. But but they know that actually it's last minute. That's what they're called. Yeah. <laughs> and you know that that is what people see them as, see them as. Mm. So, so fighting against that is probably mm. not a good mm. idea. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I mean, we, we touched there on um, sort of localized hosting, or or at least country specific domain names. And um, so I I mean the the best. Um, Best practice, I suppose, for SEO in, in blue sky sometimes um, is to have uh, localized hosting. So if, if you're um, you know, moving to, let's, if we can say Germany, you, know, you, you should uh, probably be looking to host that site in Germany. 
and um, to to have the specific uh, country um, domain name, which is CCTLD. They call that. Yeah, the CCTLDs. I, 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 I try to. Is it .de? Of course, yes, right, Germany. Yeah. Um, and you know that, that's um, that's going to be sort of the best sort of um, best practice mm-hmm. for that side of things. I mean, I, I think uh, some companies find it difficult to make that leap, as, as you've already said. You know, like to, to be having two separate sites. But of course, with and with all of this, it is about understanding the audience. It's about addressing the needs of the specific audiences abroad. Um, and uh, I, I, for me, have, having that sort of fresh new page although of course you know that with it comes these uh, the, the, you need the resource to be able to do it that, that seems like a great opportunity to create this um, sort of valuable content for the specific audiences I, I don't know what uh, the decision to host um, your site in a particular country means that for you as a business in a more technical business sense but there's all, and we did cover this in our, in our last edition there are, there are um, tax and regulatory issues yeah. that, that you've got to keep very okay, much front well, of mind yeah, because yeah. as soon as you start having a footprint in a country, mm. of course, the local tax people want to mm. slice and everything. So you, 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 Don't you, it's, not, yes, yeah, it's, it's not just as simple as saying, oh, I'll just yeah. it there because you might end up, yeah. you know, the knock on the door saying, actually, yeah, you, you you, yeah, you're not paying German VAT or something. Yeah. And, then, and then that can change the model entirely. So. Absolutely. And, and there are um, country-specific domains. Uh, some, some countries, and I can't think of any offhand, um, require you to have I a, know, Nigeria a physical do, address. Yeah, Nigeria yeah. Do, for example. You can't have a .ng. Because in fact, that yeah. is, that's... Well, I'm, yeah. I'm sure places like China, yeah. because of the yeah. way they yeah. operate, you, there's, there's very strict rules about... And, and they, you know, trying to protect their... Mm-hmm. They don't want someone from abroad just, just yeah. taking everything out of the country. Yeah. They, they want to put something in, so yeah, it, it, th- that's probably why some of these um, more far-flung countries are more difficult to get into um, because it, it, the, the regulatory issues are less of a problem yeah. cl- close to home. Yeah. Cool. So I suppose I, the, I, I was hoping to have a, a quick word about sort of keyword strategy. Have, have you sort of uh, come come across um, much? I, from from some of the experience that I've had, a, a lot of people seem to be fairly happy with using direct translations or even machine translations of particular keywords. So have you seen any success from that? Or? Um, I, th- I think you see lots, lots of them. They, they will do the direct translation, but um, the, the, you know, the, the, the definite advice is not just to rely on that and, and, and to, to sense check it with a native speaker. And you can get into yourself into a whole heap of problems by mm-hmm. just literally translating mm-hmm. stuff, obviously, because yeah. of the nuances of... of, 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 of uh, how people speak and, yeah. and so forth, but you know, we, we, we there's, there's a number of companies that we talk to regularly um, who are um, going into these these foreign markets in a, in a big way now because they they, they aren't they aren't going to see the growth in the UK that they've seen in recent years. The, the market as it is, so the growth is going to have to come from from somewhere else and let's take it from from each other from from, from a competitor. Um, so you, you've got people like um, low cost, the low cost travel group, you know, mm-hmm. very aggressively going going into. Um, foreign markets and they're, they're building on the strength they've got because they've got good contacts there because they're contracting stock out there yeah. so, so it's, it's, it's an obvious leap then to sell mm. outbound to those local yeah. markets um, you know and, and, and I know that I know that they are very keen on their 
um, translation, making sure the sites, and making sure then that the, the content is fit for that mm. local market. You know. And particularly with keywords, it's more what you miss. I found from our international projects we've worked on, so you, you kind of th- you you might get the direct translation, and there is some danger that the direct translation isn't as direct as you think, and it has double meanings and that type of thing. And that's what people seem to be most scared about when they're yeah. making that decision. Yeah. But actually, from our experience, what's more of the issue is if you just make that simple translation, it's the key, it's the words you miss. Mm-hmm. That's the equivalent. So you might translate, um, you know, so luxury hotel translates appropriately to what a luxury hotel is, but you then miss the fact that people don't refer using the equivalent term to luxury. They talk about five star, say, as an example, you might use in the UK. If someone was coming into the UK, they go, oh, we're all about luxury hotels, but actually more people search for five star than luxury. You then missed an opportunity, even though translation might be accurate you've kind of missed where actually the search volume is, where how people describe the products as well. I think I'm right in saying that in, Ge- in Germany, they don't really talk about discount. No. It, it, it's, it's not part of the language. It doesn't mean to say they want to buy, buy expensive holidays. No. They, don't, they don't search for expensive holidays. No. Uh, they want value, etc. But yeah. they, they use different terms. So... Um, especially uh, the Brits love a discount and we are very happy with that term. Um, yeah. Going into Germany on with a discount message just probably wouldn't work. Probably wouldn't work. So, um, you know, it's just another example of, of, of making sure that you are understanding. Yeah, that and we found the only way you can do that is by having someone who either is you know native, or he was born there and has come to the UK, or has learned English, or has spent a significant amount of time there speaking that language. And it's the kind of what you can't get that with is necessarily someone who's kind of fluent in te- you know textbook of that language. Okay. You need to have kind of spent some some time in the country to, to be able to do that yeah excellent um, I suppose that that also I mean that really applies to the content strategy your strategy that you're going to sort of ad- adopt for for the both the site content and perhaps for content which you might be trying to encourage inbound links or, or um, for to bring perhaps new users in who are looking for specific information um, I mean, we we all sort of know how Panda has affected the uh, all, all industries, but with um, the travel industry, of course, with uh, sort of some uh, sort of aggregators and booking engines. In in some cases, we, we've seen sort of issues um, where some some sites have uh, stopped, uh, you know, ranking as well as they did. And uh, now I think people are more and more trying to adopt a much more, I suppose, solid um, content strategies. Have you, have you guys uh, sort of come across anybody who's really managed to turn around after the Panda? Um, um, I, I, I don't have any sort of specific examples. I mean, I know plenty of companies that were really hammered by it. And, and I think their natural inclination is to turn to... Um, social media and trying to get a bit of you, you know, unique user generated content yeah. and, and there's been various attempts to do that um, I remember on, on Holiday Group one time were paying people to do videos from uh, from, from, from destinations from the holidays um, just, just, just a small amount just a little incentive yeah. to, to just do it um, you've, you've, you've now got uh, qu- quite a, a, a I think it's going to be a growing uh, um, a growing thing with, with TripAdvisor becoming more and more under under, under scrutiny mm. is with reviews and yeah. these, these automated mm-hmm. review sites that mm. um, 
email you back and say, mm-hmm. you know, can you just post a review quickly? Yeah. And it's, it, it's a verifiable review because mm-hmm. they've got the customer's details. So mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a lot more of, of that kind of thing because mm-hmm. that is constantly update new content. It's not rich. It's mm-hmm. someone saying, yes, that was a good, mm-hmm. good holiday yeah. or it was a poor or it was average mm-hmm. or whatever. But it allows these companies to have that yeah. uh, just constant tick tick of new stuff on their site and it's and, it, and it's genuine and it and it also involves uh, a third party so yeah. so, so the search engines rank that slightly highly slightly higher um so you're definitely going to see a lot more of that and there's, there's companies like fifo and revu coming into the and really into the travel market now saying look you know if you're not happy with the way your brand is, is being reviewed on third party sites work with us and we can help you um improve that ranking improve your reviews improve your ranking on search engines um, and verify the people who are doing it so you're not you're not just party to these to, to the whims of whoever wants to review your product you know mm-hmm. that's interesting I, I mean I suppose it would be quite interesting to see how different sort of localizations um, sort of relate or or engage with these sorts of reviews if uh, perhaps you know whether some countries are more likely to, to be reviewing or you know perhaps with with different levels of sort of detail um, I, I suspect it's, it, I suspect it comes it's an 80-20 rule wherever you go that, that yeah. 20% of your your customers are prepared to engage in that way and review the, the 80% are the quiet majority who are the consumers of reviews yeah. they consume it but they're not, really, they're, not, they're not really bothered about and that may always be the case no matter how much it's pushed as being a good thing to do so you've got that active twenty percent who, who, and it's really important you nurture them in some in some way. And what might sort of interesting is that if as, this, as, as things become more become more international, is our reviews written by a French customer or a Spanish customer, even if they're translated, are, are they relevant to an English audience, uh, to a British audience? And I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I, I suspect they look at things differently, as we've yeah. already said, yeah. um, and, and maybe not. So, so you might have a situation where you have to offer your reviews as a searchable review. So you only you, you filter out yeah. the people you don't think are going to be talking your language. Mm. Although that's difficult because mm. I think sometimes the internet can just aggregate things into the into mm. the middle into the middle ground because you're just saying I want to listen to people who I already know I want to listen to. Well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with that point completely. But I suppose that also ties into the localization becoming personalization as well, doesn't it? Is that actually? I see what you're saying. That kind of someone from a different country and speaking a different language, their review and their perception of the place might be quite different to mine. Um, but if they're from a similar demographic and looking for similar things, so a business traveller might be looking for something very different from a family who's looking for something very different from a romantic weekend, and actually when I go on TripAdvisor and someone complains that there was a lot of kids there and if I'm in for a family holiday that's actually not necessarily such a bad thing is it you know and the, that, that requires yeah. a, a huge amount of content you yeah. have to splice it up like that yeah. and to get enough of it to give you a genuine view yeah. you know, and not not enough people have I guess have got enough of that stuff I mean yeah. obviously TripAdvisor dominates in yeah. this area and the, the more the more they dominate the, the less the more other companies have to use them and, and that's potentially problematic but um, I, I don't know that many individual companies have enough of that of their own data on their own product to, to really say genuinely they've got enough there to make, to make, a, make a, a, a decision based on the aggregate you know you, it's a bit of a risk you're, you're doing on, off two or three reviews which you know, isn't really enough is it okay cool no and, and that 
I, I suppose, again, that kind of leads quite nicely, especially looking at the sort of personalization into our last sort of the last bit that we were going to sort of cover with uh, link building. Mm. I know this is uh, perhaps kind of getting on towards the more technical side of things, but I, I'm sort of interested in the the ways that perhaps international SEO, so an SEO in another country, say uh, somebody in Russia, mm. has a very different um, approach at link building mm-hmm. um, to to perhaps uh, UK SEOs, uh, which I'm interested in. But I, I, I suppose for, for me, creating sort of relevant, high quality content, which is at least aimed, targeted at, at your audiences, is, is always going to be a great place to start building links, uh, you know, like to, to be encouraging people to link uh, back to you. And I, I suppose you might also be sort of looking to be using native speaking um, so not uh, you know so somebody who understands search behavior and the behavior of web users in in that specific location um, in order to you know get get the right links from the right places somebody who has real experience of SEO in in that country um, to to try and um, sort of source a, a fair proportion of links from that country which is again a great signal yeah I mean before you get down to the fact that different countries potentially have different search engines um, even just assuming you're working in a country where Google is the market dominator which is the case in most countries but not in all countries that there are different parameters so for example in certain countries you know in the campaigns we've worked on we found okay well isn't, you know, you might use article syndication as one of 20 different approaches you use to build links in the UK. But if you're targeting um, a country where there aren't article syndication sites, which there aren't in a lot of countries because there isn't a developed SEO market that there is here, what do you then use to replace that in your link building arsenal? Or, um, you know, and like you said, I know a campaign that you've been involved in, Graham, in kind of that had a, you know, a Russian connection that, that, the approach used in in certain Russian campaigns is probably what you could describe as perhaps more aggressive mm. um, and the line between white and black hat is perhaps located in a slightly different place to where it is in the UK based search engines and you know that's that you know so you, if you're working on a search campaign particularly there's the kind of Yes, you've got to have the localization to get it right, but you've also got to understand search in that marketplace. And that's a kind of a um, you know a learning curve for people who are trying to offer those services internationally, which I suppose some of the listeners are. But equally, if you're kind of offering a service and you want to promote yourself in a different country, what you can't just take your strategy from your marketing strategy from one country and translate, you know, you know just plonk it over into a different country in the same way you can't be a website. Have, you, have you, you seen, Lee, you know, some of the travel companies, have they taken quite different approaches to how they've marketed themselves? Not necessarily just like, um, you know, SEO, but have they kind of, you know, is lastminute.com how they present themselves in one country quite different to other countries? Or to go back to the cheap flights example, how do cheap flights target um, Germany in the same way if you talk you know you say a little bit that the discount yeah. is a different way there is there kind of any notable examples there where they kind of promote themselves in quite different ways um, I, I, it's difficult to know how they operate in, in, in these foreign markets because <clears throat> um, we're not based there yeah, we don't necessarily yeah. see it from the, from the consumer point of view yeah. um, but I mean just I think talking to a number of the People who, who, who are doing this. I mean, in this country, obviously, blogging has become mm. uh, a lot more important, mm. and a lot more, I guess, a lot more professional. There are now sort of professional blogging organisations mm. being set up, and, and I think 
with the way Google works and the way mm. things operate in, in this part of the world, um, CEOs themselves mm. are saying, if we want to protect our brand mm. and potentially market ourselves, it, 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 our blog helps us to do that mm. because we, we, it, it's, it's got that authority. Mm. And um, so if anyone else is talking about our brand, mm. if we're not, yeah. that's what gets the, 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 inter- the, attention, the, that's yeah. the attention. So we've got to be, do- we've got to be doing that. So, and and you, see, you see a few now starting their own blogs. And it, it is a, it's a link building exercise. Mm. They, they, they'll say something interesting, push yeah. it out to us, push yeah. it out to whoever, whoever yeah. else, and they'll hope to um, develop a number of links on that and, and um, you know, uh, um, protect their brand in that way. Um, um, but, you know, there's been a massive debate about blogging in, mm. in, in the UK and the professionalisation mm. of it and whether it's, it's, it's uh, uh, here to sort of take over from traditional mm. sort of journalism, mm. traditional articles. Mm. And, and I think... For the best bloggers out there, it probably is. They, they really do get it, and they work damned hard at it and, and produce some really good content. So for, for, for a lot of... We see a lot of um, companies who are involved in promoting destinations in particular, and really looking to the, to the blogging community to get them out there, show them the product, and to, to get them to, to write those articles which you know, they know will, will, will work for them. Now, whether that's got... Whether the, that will then work in other uh, markets, you know... Okay. It, it, is, 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 is questionable, I don't know, but um, uh, c- certainly written in English for the UK market, you know, you can see it's a growing, it's a growing trend that people are mm. looking to that, to that sort of third party mm. um, p- production of, of content, you know. Fantastic. So, I mean, I think, yeah, to, to kind of sum up and finish up there, there's, yeah, huge potential, particularly in the travel sector, but for pretty much all sectors, really, to kind of look at exporting your model abroad and looking at analytics to understand where you're already getting traffic from can be a great way of doing that but don't underestimate the potential complexity of doing that both in terms of technical marketing issues but also in terms of strategic business issues as well um, and yeah you know don't assume that just because you've got the localization sorted that your marketing can be transferred just as easily as well so I'd just like to say um, yeah thank you very much um, Graham and Lee really enjoyed that and I hope all the um, listeners at home did as well Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number... If you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. If you're inside the UK, it's o one two seven three two five six one five zero. And you can leave a voice comment or question, and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. What's new in podcasting? Here's what we love, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being completely straight Mm -hmm. and 10 being completely gay, what number are you? 
Um. You know, I don't think that you should rank how gay they are. I guess, I, you know, that's just a little of a red, just a flag for me. Come on, come out. A weekly podcast where real lesbians tell their real coming out stories. You can find Come On, Come Out on your favorite podcatcher out now. Go listen. ACAST, A-cast, A-cast, A-cast recommends. recommends.